Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. It is a trial run. Maybe DeSantis does not intend to win. Just going to elevate his profile a little bit, back out, and then run again in four years. Maybe that's it. That's possible. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Email is Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. I do have a bunch of emails here as well. The Twitter is at Pete Calendar. Let me get over here and get Larry onto the program. To start us off, we're talking about DeSantis, Ron DeSantis uh, announcing his run for president and, uh, you know, whether this was a good move or or not and who people are are liking. Does anybody uh, have their mind changed at this point in the game? So, Larry, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good, Pete. Thank you very much. Listen, nothing got broke during the uh, during the break, man. Oh, thank goodness. I know. Thank God. <laughs> uh, very, very quickly. Dave, David said something in his conversation with you, or he tried to have a conversation, that that uh, if Trump won, fine and dandy. But if DeSantis won, he wouldn't vote for him. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. If you're, if you're Right now we're doing a primary within your party. You pick the best guy or gal you want. And that should be your standard bearer. End the case. Am I right? Yeah, well, and he's in South Carolina, so he, I believe they've still got the closed primaries, and so uh, only Republicans get to vote there, but um, it sounds like he said that he would rather it burn faster than, than more slowly, so he doesn't think anybody, and this is, this is true for a lot of the diehard Trump supporters, they don't believe that anybody can fix the country except Donald Trump. Well, they're mistaken, of course. I, I agree with you. I, I don't believe that to be the case. I think if Donald Trump uh, could have single-handedly fixed the country, he should have done so. He would have done so if you believe the most ardent Trump supporters. He should have. He would have, right? But he didn't. That's correct. And, 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 and because of the... Yeah, and, and, I, and I think the argument is that he did not. He was not able to fix the country single-handedly because he didn't realize the nature of the opposition that had aligned against him, and it took him apparently four full years to figure out who all of those people are and were. But now he knows, and so now if he gets back in, he's going to be able to to do what he couldn't do in the previous four years. Well, that would be the, that, that's the assumption that would happen, assuming Trump would be, realize where his mistakes were and, and go on. Now, I know... We all know Trump is a flamboyant guy, and he comes to the he comes to the table, puts it on the table. This is it. You don't like it? There's a door. My way, and that's it. But uh, you know, and I know that the old guard in Washington, the 430, 535 people up there, you know, they got their mindset, and they don't even look at half the stuff the president says. The House guys look for every two years getting reelected. And then the Sanders go back and have their brandy and, and smoke their cigars <laughs> in the afternoon. So 
So, you know, I'm being serious. Yeah, no, I get it. Well, so I think you said something there that was, I think is very important. You, you said that it relies on Trump recognizing where he had made the mistakes and then going back and correcting it. But Donald Trump doesn't make mistakes. <laughs> In his own mind. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, remember the question he was asked one time about, did he ever have any regrets or, or ask forgiveness? It was at, I think, his Saddleback Church or something. He, he did a, a, a chat with a pastor, and he said he didn't. He never did anything that he could think he had to ask forgiveness for. And he was serious. And I think a lot of his supporters don't believe he's ever made mistakes, even when he quite obviously does. But he and look, I'm not holding him to a higher standard than I hold than I hold every other politician. No politician admits their mistakes. I mean, I've been bashing Roy Cooper for six years. Um, well, not six years for three years now uh, over the covid stuff uh, because he won't admit when he made mistakes. And Trump is the same way with the mistakes he made on covid. But he will never admit that he made any mistakes on covid. Well, it, 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 Trump, it, Trump knows that any politician knows if you make a mistake and you admit to it. To do Maya Cooper, Maya Cooper, and and the legacy media who does if they don't like you, yeah, they're going to put you on that piece of wood and nail you to it. Yeah, right. So, like I said, I understand why politicians don't do that, um, but I also, you know, I don't know if he even does it in in a in a private personal setting. I don't know if he's going to say, okay, this was a mistake that I made. I got to approach it differently here now, and and I don't know if it's ever an intentional thing. I know he's. You know he's he's all about the deal, and and on that front, that is a good thing because he's oh he's very transactional from what I observed um, in the last term that he had. So I I think that there's a there's a great benefit there when you're trying to negotiate stuff. He is good at at, at getting people to kind of move, but only to a certain extent because at some point, opposition to him becomes more valuable than solving any problem. And I think that's one of the things that he and his supporters don't get. That for folks on the left, you're never going to move any of those politicians because any kind of agreement with Trump on anything would kill them. They can't do it. They just can't do it. Yeah, they, they've been they, they've been beat to death on the left hand side, saying that Trump is your is your golden is your golden calf. Put him out there, and you're going to get more votes because we're going to get rid of him. We're going to keep him back. I know the I know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. Sunday. Larry. Yeah, appreciate the call, buddy. Listen, All right. I love you, man. All the time. All right. God bless. Thanks. You too. Take care. Um, there was another uh, comment here. Joseph said in this email that I read at the end of the last hour, uh, he said that um, that Trump will win the nomination but then be beaten soundly by Biden or whoever the Dems run. DeSantis could have sat back for one cycle, came in as an undisputed favorite, uh, but he got baited in. Um, so... Would it so if DeSantis can still stay governor? So even if he loses, he stays governor of Florida. So it sounds to me like um, there's there's no downside really, because it, as long as he doesn't come out tarnished to some degree, and you know they had to have kind of weighed this the cost benefit right. Trump is going to savage you right because if you get into the it, like I believe. That if DeSantis gets into, or any of the Republicans, really, if any of them get into the general election and they're not completely unpalatable, I think Biden is is toast. Uh, I think Democrats are very worried about that as well. And I think that's why Democrats want Trump to be the nominee, because they believe they can beat him. 
That hasn't changed. That was true in 2000. It was true in 2016. I'm not saying that it actually bore out to be true in 16, but that's what Democrats thought, right? The Democrats believed that if we get Trump in as the nominee, then Hillary walks with ease, right? They were wrong, but that was the, that was the thinking. I don't think that they have changed that line of thought at all. And especially after the last election, I think it, it confirms their belief that get Trump in. And I think you've got a lot of people out there that claim to be never Trumpers that have a paycheck tied to being a never Trumper. And if Donald Trump is not the guy, then their paycheck dries up. So they need Trump to be the guy. And that's why they're attacking DeSantis. And the gravy here is that even if DeSantis, who I'm told now is literally Hitler and worse than Trump, who was also literally Hitler, but if DeSantis actually were to beat Trump, they have to shift. Hence the need to lay the groundwork now why DeSantis is worse than Trump. Because the never-Trumpism has to turn into never-DeSantism, or else their, their, their paycheck dries up. You got to keep that in mind. Like, I, I lay my cards on the table here. My employment is not based on my position on Donald Trump. If that were the case, I would have been pro-Trump four years ago, five years in 2016, and I, seven years ago, and I wasn't. And I wasn't. And I was worried, actually. And I talked to the audience about it up in Asheville at the time. I talked to my boss about it at the time. Like, I cannot vote for this guy, and I'm not going to get on the air and lie about it. And if it means I get fired, then so be it. But I got to look at myself in the mirror. But that doesn't mean I have to attack people and call them names because they like Donald Trump. My, I have a lot of friends and family that I love very much that really love Donald Trump, too. I don't hold them in any low regard for that. Uh, let me go over here to John. Hello, John. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. How are you? Hey, I'm all right. Um, getting to your your. Uh, you kind of touched on what I was gonna gonna say in regards to um, people's opinions about Trump, and the the problem is that the Republicans have uh, they have a lot of folks like me who wished that DeSantis um, could have been the guy that Trump could have stepped aside and um, supported DeSantis. Yeah, yeah. But of course, we knew that wasn't going to happen, and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So now we have a situation where there's a very large block of people who, unless Trump fully, if DeSantis was to beat Trump in the primary, unless he fully supports DeSantis, they just won't vote, period. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to be the problem that, that we have. And, uh, the, but the, the reason that um, you, you were talking before regarding Trump that so, so many people don't understand him and don't understand the things that he says. And I, and I believe that Trump says a lot of things that he shouldn't say, but he doesn't think he shouldn't say them. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And he's strong in his belief that everything he says is perfect. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but also a lot of things that he says do not have the purpose that everybody takes them at face value to mean because his approach is not that of a standard politician. Mm-hmm. 
So he says these outlandish things that actually are much more extreme than what he actually wants. Right, but, and I, I always say that that is because he is not born out of the movement, you know? he's He hasn't been a lifelong conservative. He doesn't know the ideological, philosophical underpinnings uh, of the uh, of the ideology. And I think that's why he ends up saying a lot of stuff like that. Oh, hey, uh, John, I got to run. Before I, I appreciate forget, the call, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does for beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers. Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? 1-800-WBT-1110. The email is pete at the Pete Callender Show. Dot com. Twitter is at Pete Callender. Let me get to some emails. Jason says, hey, Pete, I am a Republican and I have already decided I'm not voting for Trump no matter what in the primary or in the general. It's because of Trump mainly, but also because of Trump worshipers like David. I'm tired of it all. David was a, a caller at the end of the last hour and uh, David was a very pro-Trump guy, and, and he said essentially the same thing here that Jason is saying, which is David said that if I, uh, you know, I'm going to vote for Trump, and if Trump is not the nominee, then I'm not going to vote for DeSantis because I'd rather everything burn faster rather than more slowly, which I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's a very Gen X position to adopt, no doubt. And so, you know, for that, I I give you, <laughs> I give you uh, points, but I don't know why you would want it to burn more quickly versus more slowly. I don't know. I mean, I get it. Sometimes the waiting is the hardest part. You know, I get that. Uh, but I've never understood the idea that, yeah, let's just like torch it real fast so we can get to the anarchy and the death and the invasion by foreign countries and all of that rather than have it happen more slowly where you have multiple opportunities at every turn to try and stop that from occurring. But I don't know. Um David was a Kool-Aid drinker. Um, Susan says, thank you, caller Larry, for asking the question about why David would not support DeSantis if Trump doesn't win the primary. Voters like David are what makes the Republican Party so weak. Would David rather have four more years of Biden than a potential eight years of DeSantis? Why does David think Trump will have any additional success than he tried to have the first time around? We need to support the Republican nominee because we need to get rid of Biden or whoever the Democrats put forward because the Democrats are destroying our country. Thank you, Pete. Love the show. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, for me, this is going to be a very difficult decision. It's not about me, obviously, but it's going to be a tough decision for me if Trump is the nominee again and Biden is the nominee again. I don't know what I'm going to do. I really don't because I do believe things have gotten worse. And I, yeah, and I I do not want to vote for Donald Trump. I really don't. So I, so for, so for the love of me, please don't make, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Vote for anybody. (laughs) Just think of me. All right. Uh, (laughs) That's fine. Do what you're going to do. You're going to do what you're going to do anyway. 
All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. The email is pete at the petecallendershow.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at Pete Calendar. You can also direct message me on Twitter as well in case you don't want to Especially on some of the more sensitive topics, you don't want to be tweeting stuff out, you know, if your account is your real name or something. You can just send me the message and like this, I got got a message here from Chris. He says, Pete, I supported Trump twice. I am for DeSantis. Almost all of the Trump supporters I know feel the same way. Most of my Democrat friends and independent people I know are very disappointed in Biden and will support DeSantis as well. Even my mom, who thinks Trump is the devil <laughs> now uh so that's interesting but i think uh trump supporters would argue um that once they get they being the uh, being media and democrats but i repeat myself once they get to desantis and they do to him what they did to trump right that like people are going to think just as badly of desantis as they do of trump i i do not find that argument to be particularly persuasive That's just me. I don't find it to be persuasive because I recognize Donald Trump as a unique person, a unique character on the landscape. He is. In fact, that's what Trump supporters told me he was. And I believe them. I agree with them. There isn't another politician that I have seen that is like Donald Trump. Not another person who's run for office or one office or anything. He is unique. Therefore, I don't think that the things that they were able to do to Trump, they're going to be able to do to Ron DeSantis. They will try. They'll try just like with Mitt Romney. I mean, didn't he murder some woman with some cancer, right? That's what they said about him. And then he cut some guy's hair and put a dog on a car, right? So I understand the game that the left plays. But DeSantis doing what he did on Twitter, how he did it, um. I almost wonder if this is the Yunkin strategy and if they're just going to completely freeze out the media and maybe and maybe that redounds to their benefit. All right, let me go over here and get Lonnie on the program. Hello, Lonnie. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, I'm all right. What's up? I think that Trump actually deserves uh, that right for that nomination. Uh, he was maligned uh, by the FBI, the DOJ, uh, the media, and everyone else. And so we know that he was treated unfairly, but he's done some great things. He was painted as a racist, of which he's not. Mm-hmm. I'm 70 years old. When I was growing up, he helped uh, Jesse Jackson run for president. Every rapper that I know uh, supported him. Uh, any black entertainer, Muhammad Ali, Rosa Parks, he even got medals with Rosa Parks. Uh, they painted him to be a racist, and the problem I'm having is that 
people continue to create or repeat the narrative that was given us by the left. Therefore, we're being self-defeated of ourselves with the number of voters that are behind Trump. I think that it's a problem to split the vote, even with dissent. Sure. Hey, look, I, I agree. I, I spoke out against the uh, the maligning of Trump as a racist. Um, but look, I, now, that being said... There were a lot of things that Trump would say, and because of the way he speaks, it was very, very easy to take his words and twist them. That was one of the problems with Trump, is that he speaks in what I call word salad, and so when he has these statements and people say, oh, well, you didn't understand what he actually meant, it's nice to have a have a, a politician running where you don't ever have to wonder about that. And it made it Sounds easier. Like confusing him with Joe Biden. No, no. Joe Biden has the same problem. And what do we do with Biden? We mock him. I don't think Trump had that problem. Trump he absolutely had that problem. Pretty straightforward, pretty clear. No. Of what he meant. No. And, you know, he may have been rough and around the edges with the way he said it. But I, I think he's a strong person. And I don't know that many people that could have taken what he took and be still standing i think he's a strong candidate and a person yeah and you're and, and that's fine i'm not trying to disabuse you of of a belief in in donald trump as a strong person or candidate at all um but i appreciate the call lonnie let me go over to get jim on here before the break hello jim welcome to the show hey p yes sir yeah, uh, the, i think i find these uh discussions about the personalities of these candidates just most interesting i've been voting for about 60 years now and uh i have to continually remind your listening audience i hope i hope they're interested enough to understand this when they go vote 70 to 80 percent of the u.s federal budget and basically the same number at most state budget levels is already predetermined it's already baked in the cake, Pete. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm talking about Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and departments of education, both at the federal level and, of course, all the states. And and you see a direct example. And, and, and why I'm saying this, Pete, that's the way the government is already controlling the voting population and all the population is through those programs and the fact that that funding, that commitment of money, is already committed, okay? Okay. So when you go to vote for a president, Pete, at best, as a voter affecting the near-term coming budgets, let's say the next one or this that voting cycle, two years, four, four years in president, you're you're getting at best maybe fifteen to twenty percent shot at directly affecting the money the government's going to spend, throw at you, right? Unless control the system, unless. I'm sorry. Unless what? Um, well, <clears throat> I, I could fill that in for you. If, I mean, advance the conversation quick, which is yeah. un- unless you get somebody in there that lays out a vision and then has the political skills to pull it off, which is to try to rein in that the liabilities that are funded and unfunded in the out years. Yeah. And, and, and Pete, we saw just locally right here in North Carolina, we saw a prime excellent example of that just yesterday by your WBT excellent reporting on covering uh, Gov Cooper here, basically promising all the public school teachers, which are nothing more than public school employees through the state part of their pay, pay cycle, the local pays some, of course, 18% more money mm-hmm. to raise, okay? Meanwhile, these uh, big city public education systems 
are rotting and destroying children's lives. Right here in Charlotte-Mecklenburg, for example, all the major cities in this country, they're controlled by uh, the public school teacher unions and they really don't care what happens right. to well this children. is so this is the and so this is the issue is how do you get at these systems these institutions this this you know uh, uh this continuation budgeting uh, process where you just take last year and just keep rolling it over and rolling it over uh jim i appreciate the call i would submit though that the the way that you break that system is not putting somebody in place who's promising to keep the system going that's the first step you don't put somebody in there who's saying, don't touch any of these programs. Don't make any changes. I promise not to touch any of the programs. I would submit that's not how you fix it. Step one, you got to find somebody who admits there's a problem. That's always the first step on the road to recovery. All right, uh, Pete Callender here, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. A couple of emails i got to get to before I get out of here. It would be only fair. After all, you took the time to write them. Let me read them. This is from Brian. Pete, those Trump supporters have lost it. He only cares about himself. If he cared about the country, he would put his support behind somebody else. Sit down and shut that big mouth. He can't get legislation. The only thing he can do is pass executive orders. See, he only had a handful of people that were on his side that would even give him good advice. Everybody else was just stabbing him in the back. I voted for him twice. And I will again, but not at all in the primary. We need, I think it's Ron. We need Ron and Mike P. He is sharp and we need him in some role. Or I'm on board with Tim Scott as well, but no Trump. He's a disaster. Love your show, bud. That is from Brian. I think Tim Scott would do a lot of good for the Republican Party. And I think just like... um, uh, Mark Robinson does any all black Republicans running and and winning do more to advance the Republican cause than almost anything, I think, because here's why. As I've said before, many times there is no uh, there's no racial component to being for limited government. And so uh, it, it welcomes all people, that philosophy and the lies that have been told about the philosophy um, are dismantled right before your very eyes. When you see people that obviously are at odds with that um, with that narrative, when they end, you get to see them in office doing things and not doing the things that the media and Democrats, but I repeat myself, allege they do. And you start realizing, oh, you've been lied to. And that's why Tim Scott's so valuable. Mark Robinson is valuable. To the cause, to the ideology, to the philosophy of limited government and to uh, capitalism. Um, due to this is from William. The thing I am having the hardest time wrapping my head around is that the discussion is only centered around two candidates, though I see the argument that if you let them push Trump out, they will try and push out anybody else behind him. In my mind, similar to if you fall off a horse, you got to get right back on. I always thought my first choice would have been Ron DeSantis. But that was with the understanding that there would not be a better nominee. Right now, I'm leaning towards Tim Scott and Nikki Haley is not too far behind. And I would vote for DeSantis before I would vote for Trump. But bottom line, I will probably vote for whoever wins the nomination for the simple fact I think they are they will be the better alternative. Right. So this is what the folks in South Carolina are wrestling with. And it's going to be even you know more pronounced, obviously, because you've got two people with Nikki Haley and Tim Scott 
that were popular in South Carolina among voters, among Republican voters. Now, do they split that support? Do all of the other candidates, I mean, we haven't even talked about Asa Hutchinson. I mean, for good reason. But yeah, we have. <laughs> so you have all of these candidates and they're going to like they're going to siphon off support. OK, well, who else would have otherwise gotten that? And if you believe that Trump has the floor of 30, 35 percent, but that leaves, you know, 65 to 70 percent of the non-Trump supporting vote out there. But let's say he gets another 10 percent of that. And now he's somewhere around 40 or 45. If there are six other candidates and they're each pulling five percent. Right. Then Trump becomes the number one finisher, the votainer, if you will, the top vote getter. But I hate that term. So votainer, he becomes the votainer and then he wins and you end up with a repeat of 2016. And that's why I wonder if some people that are running for the presidency are actually just stalking horses for Trump. They're there to help him win because there are paychecks attached to him being the nominee, even though they don't think he's going to win. Or even if he does win it, then it doesn't matter. If their brand, if their paycheck is based on him winning, they will do what they need to do to have him win. Mark says, Pete, with Trump being term limited, if he wins, Republicans are pooping in their own Cheerios by voting for him if the long term goal is holding power. Trump defending Disney, that's exactly who he is, a corporate megalomaniac. He sees inroads with his own business being able to govern itself. Disney gets that, so should I. In other words, DeSantis needs to spend less time on the anti-woke topics and spend more time on the economy and foreign policy. He doesn't have to avoid the culture stuff completely, but it should not be his prime focus. He seems to spend a lot of time on it, or he seemed to spend a lot of time on it with Gowdy. Um, that's from Mark. Uh, yeah, I, I, we're going to see, you know, that's why they're going to run the campaign. That's why they're going to run these races. I'm curious to see how it goes. We'll be monitoring. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Good discussion. I appreciate it. Don't break anything while I'm gone. All right. Hey, real quick. It is estimated that more than 6 million Americans have Alzheimer's. It affected my family. My grandpa had it. New research and treatments are showing promise, but there's still a long way to go. So can you help me by supporting the Alzheimer's Association's Western Carolina chapter? The Family Dance Party Charlotte's on June 10th from 1 o'clock until 5 o'clock. It's at the Roxbury Nightclub in Uptown Charlotte. Go to Mix1079.com and get tickets and come bust a move on the dance floor or donate tickets to a family that's battling the disease. The Family Dance Party is presented by Jameson Realty. Again, if you can help us out, I appreciate it. Go to Mix1079.com and thank you for considering the request.